Welcome to the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Todd has over 35 years of experience working with thousands of couples as a licensed therapist in his private practice. Todd shares his insights on this show. It's never too early to divorce-proof your marriage or too late to heal yourselves and have the relationship you truly want. Well, welcome everybody. Today, are we on month four now? This is the fourth interview we've done together. So we are here back once again, interviewing Todd on today's uh, episode of the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast. And for those of you who don't know, Todd is a licensed marriage and family therapist and licensed clinical social worker with 35 plus emphasis on the plus years of experience, helping couples and individuals heal themselves from such crises as trauma and infidelity. He also helps couples rekindle the passion and aliveness in their relationship. Todd is a firm believer in combining healing modalities into his practice. This is what makes him unique from a lot of other family therapists. Um, He incorporates things such as EMDR, emotional focused therapy and meditation to promote optimal healing and living for his patients. Todd himself has been practicing meditation for over 40 years and he's personally experienced how it has positively impacted his personal relationships and your health, right? Mm-hmm. So last month when we got together, Todd, we talked about opening your heart to more love mm-hmm. or just to love and specifically how when we protect ourselves from pain, we also close off the opportunity to experience love. So we also talked about in that conversation about health benefits of meditation and month and much more. So if you haven't had the opportunity to um, dial in and listen to that recording, we've got the podcast link for you in the show notes right below. But today we're here to talk about overcoming avoidance habits and how meditation can really help you design, uh, uh, develop a stronger emotional muscle so that you can break free from those avoidance habits that might be, you know, affecting your relationship. So let's dive into today's questions, unless you want to add something to that, Todd. No, let's let's dive in. I'm sure I'll have plenty to say. Okay, good. Okay, good. So the first question really is, why do partners avoid saying and doing things that could help them be as emotionally and physically connected as possible? Well, we, we avoid because our brain is wired for survival. And mm-hmm. back in the caveman days, survival meant not getting eaten by a tiger or making sure that some other maybe tribes person got the food that you didn't get and those kinds of life and death issues. But these days, our bodies react life and death when we get judged, you know, or when we feel rejected or when uh, a person seems to not be giving us the attention we want. There's all kinds of things that happen, especially between a partner, a committed partner and oneself, that trigger a lot of these um, life and death feeling experiences. They're not life and death, but we experience it. So we tend to avoid 
oftentimes, that leads to avoidance. We mm. might avoid the, per, the couple where maybe one person avoids initiating any kind of emotional or physical connection because they feel like if they do, they might get rejected. Mm. Uh, the person who avoids communicating because they're afraid that they will lose something. Maybe they'll be judged or maybe they'll even lose their individuality, like you're going to just take me over with your needs. There's uh, people out of a fear of that. There's all kinds of fears that underline uh, our tendency to avoid things that we need to not avoid if we're going to have a thriving life and a thriving relationship, even a thriving body, right? I mean, yeah. we, we yeah. know that go, going to the gym or working out or uh, the hiking that we do, that it's wonderful, but it's not always comfortable. And so we tend to also want to cling to comfort. And that tends to make us avoid things too that are good for us, even exercise. Yeah. So do you see that um, in, because we were talking a little bit before about um, trauma and infidelity and things like that. Do you see avoidance habits cropping up in most couples that come to you would have a problem is that usually part of it or or is it well, more specific it, to the couple no it's a hundred percent avoidance it's just there might be different things they're avoiding okay you know? Yeah. Um, you know i i i've seen several couples today for example so it's on my mind right that yeah. one couple they avoid they avoid listening to the other person, you know, for different reasons. One is absolutely terrified of not being heard, so they never drop their agenda, which in month oh, one, yeah. is the, that's what I talk about, right? Right. And the other one doesn't uh, communicate and listen very well, afraid of being judged. Okay, then the, the next couple, uh, there's definitely avoidance there. There's avoidance of telling the truth. One person was dishonest. Why was he dishonest? Well that we could talk about that for a long time but the problem in their relationship is that he avoids telling the truth because uh, he experiences like I'm going to be in trouble if I yeah. tell the truth and then she avoids confronting him about the truth because she's afraid of the marriage breaking up so she's been wanting you know so there's always actually it's kind of an interesting thing I, I've said this for probably decades yeah. to, couple, to individuals and couples that one of the ways to have a healthy life is to ask yourself often, what am I avoiding doing? Or what am I avoiding saying? Or what am I avoiding paying attention to? Because yeah. it's not so much often as what we're doing that's the problem. It is what we're avoiding that is the problem. Yeah, That's, that's yeah. how important this is. Yeah. Okay. So that's, I mean, that could be applied to your relationship. It could be interpersonal relation, uh, interpersonal relationships outside of your primary relationship. Oh, sure. It could be at work. Sure. Be anywhere, right? Sure. We avoid. I mean, it shows up everywhere, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, well, let's dive into the next question, really, which is how do you develop that stronger emotional muscle that will help you take the appropriate chances that you need to in your relationship so that you break that avoidance habit? Well, there's, there's definitely a variety of things. You know, you talk about I, I integrate modalities sometimes, right? So right. let's say that someone has been traumatized by abandonment. Mm -hmm. um, they've been abandoned when they were younger, so 
they avoid relationships entirely, or if they're in a committed relationship, they avoid getting too close. Because if I get really close, you're going to leave me. You know, so one of the things that I might do is EMDR, eye movement desensitization, and reprocessing to help them process that trauma when they were a kid. Because you know, I say like we have these different parts that are operating. So I could be a 37 year old or a 57 year old person that's married to someone about my age, but there might be parts of me that are three or seven or five, right. not 37 or 57 that are still running the show. So that's one thing that we want to do oftentimes is to help process past trauma. The, the other things that I find that we need to do is ask ourselves that question. What am I avoiding? So I need to become aware of what is it that I'm avoiding. And then the other thing to build emotional muscle is to accept that life is challenging and to accept being uncomfortable and doing the things because avoidance is about being comfortable, even though ultimately it makes us really uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. We live our life of being comfortable. Eventually we get so uncomfortable. Maybe that's what we need to do. That's when people see me, right? They're trying to be comfortable for years and years. Eventually they're so uncomfortable trying to be comfortable that they call me up. That's typically what it is. It's not like, well, I'm comfortable and I want to be uncomfortable. It's usually being comfortable leads to these problems. So their job is to find the desire to face what it is that they're avoiding. And then, which I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, is, is access to their courage. Right. We have to find our courage. In a way, whatever the reason is that we're avoiding, mm -hmm. we have to be willing to have that happen and convince ourselves that I can't keep doing the same thing. I can't keep avoiding. Even though it's, I'm trying to protect myself, it's not doing its job. You right. know? The part right. of me that's saying avoid is like a, it's like one of those friends that are intentionally, they have good intentions, but they're really giving you bad advice. Uh, it's like yes. that avoidance voice is, is one of those, you know? Yeah. So we, we need to find the courage to go, you know, whatever I'm trying to protect myself from, on some level, I've got to be willing to let it happen. And it doesn't usually happen. The worst thing doesn't happen, typically, right. when right. we face things. Or if it does happen, they need it to happen. Right, right. I mean, isn't that why people end up kind of live, either living like roommates or like yeah. two ships passing in the night, yes. right? I mean, I know you yeah. talk about that a lot, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, think about this. When we first date, our desire is so strong that we overcome all fear, most of us. Yeah. All the fear being, we, we want you so bad, the chemistry is so there that I am going to continue to go for it even though I'm scared. But then when we're in for a while, our, our chemistry changes, we settle in, and now we don't have that same strong desire, so the fear takes over and we just start to disconnect little by little by little, like a frog in boiling water that knows, doesn't know. It's like, suddenly it's like, how did we get here? Yeah. Yeah. But that's strange. I mean, it is, a, it is a chemical, as you say, uh, change, right? Yeah. So that causes that problem. Sorry. I've got my little oh, friend. I love, I love you. Little that. But anyway, so uh, it's a little background entertainment. Sorry about that. Well, um, I just want to, you know, before we dive into the next part of the discussion, cause we're really going to dive into in the next couple of questions is, um, all about how meditation can really, help not just emdr but uh, no, meditation, meditation this is, this can really help, meditation. Yeah, yeah help you you know if you are living you know avoiding your partner or um avoiding them altogether um i just wanted to just drop in here and remind the listeners that todd has 
this um, meditation for couples program and he designed it so that you and your partner can be more open to closeness and depth, which will help decrease reactivity and developing a relationship with more harmony and love. And it's really not about changing the person themselves. It's just really about accessing the deeper parts of the, of yourself that is capable of the intimacy, vulnerability, um, you know, getting out of the avoidance, right? Less reactivity. And then as a byproduct, more love, right? When you do all of that work, it just, helps you do that. So, um, and inside Todd's program, it's a monthly program. He has a monthly theme that has been handpicked along with a practice guide and two meditations so that you can remove any kind of blocks to having the relationship that you want with your partner, whether or not you are married to that person. Right. So, um, and for or even, them, even if you're not married or you, even yeah. if you're single, right probably not going to be single forever. So this really helps yeah. you practice. Right, ready right, right. And then for those of you who haven't ever meditated and are brand new to it or have struggled with it in the past, he's got special bonuses right inside the program where you teach them um, meditation relaxation techniques and exercises that will help you overcome those common obstacles, which I know all of us meditators have all the time when you're um, trying to do that, that will help people get out of their mind too much and stop your mind from wandering and be able to drop into a deeper meditation. So it's a really helpful and powerful bonus. And to top it off, you've got live mini retreats, which we're coming up on your first mini retreat in a few weeks where you gather with Todd live and you get to meditate in a community and to get coached and uh, get your questions answered by Todd. So I just want to um, share a comment that you got recently by Robin Altman. And this is what she had to say about one of your meditations. She says, oh my God, this meditation that you just sent is stellar. I have listened to it a lot, a lot. I'm sorry. I've listened to a lot of meditation over the years, but I think this tops any that I have ever heard. And your delivery is perfect. Genuine, clear, wonderful timing. I want to hear this every single day. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that says it all really, because a lot of times, you know, you can get into a guided meditation from someone and it may be hard or difficult, but Robin says you are so good at that and has really helped her a lot. So you can learn more and enroll in Todd's program at the low introductory price of just $47, which I don't know. We, who knows how long we're going to be offering this. We may raise it as we get more people into the program, but we've got the link right below in the notes for you. Uh, You can go take a look at it and see um, get more information about it. So anything else you want to add in there, Todd? Well, I, th- I think that people sometimes um, hesitate, especially if it's something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I guarantee you that uh, every month I, I come up with these themes and I, it's my passion project. We've said this before. 
-hmm. And uh, if you do this on a daily basis or even an almost daily basis, I have no doubt that you will be thankful that you did this. It's a decision that can really enhance your life, your relationship, your health. So, and the price is right. So uh, I really encourage you to do it. Uh, there's nothing in the way. Yep. You, and can always, you, you can always unsubscribe, but you won't. Yeah. <laughs> and meditation, you know, both of us have been meditating for years and, you know, it really has the power to change your relationships. And we've talked about that before in other episodes, you know, our own experiences mm -hmm. of how meditation oh, yeah. has positively affected um, our relationships. So oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a I'm, great. I'm, I'm a much better husband now. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so, I'm loving, I'm tolerant. I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm not saying that, but, uh, oh, I think my wife would prefer me now than the person before I did all this consistent meditation. I think so. Yep. I think she'd choose it. And, and, and for my part, I'm a better mother. So I think, oh, and yeah. again, it, and just, all it takes really yeah. is one person to make yeah. that change. So it, both partners don't have to be in the program. It just, all it takes, no. and you say that in your practice all the time, it just takes one person to, yeah. and then the dynamics will change. So, well then let's dive into now really about the specifics of how does meditation help you to access that courage, which we already know is inside of all of us, but we may not be able to access it um, so that you're able to stay present and tuned in, even when there's a part of you that wants to run, hide, shut down, or bicker for the other, other part of it, right? Right, right, right. Well, it's a good question. I mean, you just said that it's something that we already have, right? And I use the right. word access because there, a lot of it is this, that we pay attention to the same old things over and over again. Right. So what gets our attention? Our thoughts, our fearful thoughts, as well as feelings, gets our attention. And we focus on those thoughts and those atten that attention over and over again. Mm -hmm. The meditation is, helps people access something else. It doesn't mean that those thoughts stop. It means that you discover that you discover that you have a choice that you don't have to only be paying attention to the same old thoughts and feelings that create the same old thing, the same old results. And you start to practice paying attention to this part of you that really has infinite possibility that has courage that is creative, that can create something new. So mm -hmm. you're not doing what you did in the past. And as you create something new, you change the vibration of people around you and they start acting different too. And yeah. it's really, really something to watch it. It's all energy, if they, as they say, you know, and it's not woo-woo stuff. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, if I see my partner and I have accessed, let's say I've meditated, and I've done this particular, uh, these, you know, I do several meditations this, this month for, and I've met, I did this one meditation, either one, and I am, I've learned that there's this part of me, I, I, I could sense, I could experience this part of me that is truly open, that is truly um, courageous, that isn't um, identified so much so with the me that I was, 
that I'm open. And then I actually realized that maybe the answer is in, I'll say it like this. The answer oftentimes is in entering the unknown. And one of the things that we avoid is the unknown because we're afraid of it. So what we do, we do the same old thing. And what do we get? We get what we got. We get what we already have. But when you do these meditations, it helps you access that this is part of you that is open to the unknown, that it liberates you from some of the same old thoughts, behaviors, feelings, and even statements. And you, you find yourself taking chances you didn't before. And it's quite natural when you're not so identified. I'll give an example for me personally, right? I would say that I was a perfectionist. I think that would be a fair way to characterize me. I couldn't do anything wrong because life would fall apart. I mean, I'm not saying I was very conscious of it. And because of that, I had some anxiety. Because I had anxiety, that's when I started meditating. Mm. So I started meditating. I did other things, but the meditation was the main thing I did. That I discovered that I don't have to follow my fearful thoughts, like my catastrophic thinking. And so I wouldn't work so hard socially. I would just be me. I'd be comfortable in my own skin. I wouldn't be so concerned about what is other, what are other people going to think. Mm-hmm. You know, because there was that part of me that really doesn't care. There is a part of all of us that isn't as affected. There really is that part of us that isn't affected. We just don't pay attention to it. So as I learned to not pay attention to that part of me only, and I started to pay attention to this other kind of courageous, open part of me, what happened? I enjoyed my relationships more. No catastrophe happened. Mm-hmm. And I started to experience me in a whole different light. Like I'm this guy who doesn't have to control my world, doesn't have to control what other people think, that I'm comfortable in my own skin. And I could tell you a lot of that was due to the meditation that I did. And that's what I teach in this program. And that's when we could access this courageous part of us. And suddenly we don't have to avoid. I don't have to avoid confronting my wife about something that's important to me or anybody else for that matter for worry of what they're going to think about me, for example. Yeah. I'm not identified with that. I'm just me and being me and being true to me and being my authentic me. Yeah. Well, don't you think too, I mean, being a woman too, I was brought up to be a good girl, nice. And a lot of this stuff about social norms and even with our partners, we were brought up as children to be nice to everybody at all costs. That was just what was yeah. so that whole right. anxiety or whatever about saying the wrong thing, whether it's your partner in a social situation, right. cause that inner dialogue, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, being loving, being compassionate towards ourselves sometimes means confronting somebody, for example. Because like, the one thing people avoid, conflict avoidant. People that are conflict avoidant, right? You want to be yeah. nice. Well, sometimes the most loving thing you can do for you and your partner is to not be nice. It's mm-hmm. something something nice about not being nice in a paradoxical way, you know. When I confront somebody and say, it's not working for me what you're doing. I need this. That's very important. And so we want to be able to, and through meditation, it really, really helps. We want you to help you connect to that part of you that isn't dependent on other people to be okay with yourself. Now you're free. Now you're free. And you don't have to be a good girl. It doesn't mean you have to be mean girl. 
Yes. But, and that's not what we're saying here, mm -mm. but that you're doing what's needed for you and you're doing what's needed for others. And sometimes it's sweet, gentle, kind love. And sometimes it's tough love, you know, whether as parents, as, as spouses, as whatever. Yeah. I think also, though, it takes that reactionary part out of the equation that makes it easier to see when you're saying the tough things. If yes. the less reactionary, you know, yes. you are, the yeah. bit more effective, at least I know from my own perspective. Sure, sure. So sure. it makes that whole com communication with whoever it is more effective. And meditation really helps with that, correct? It does. Uh, you know, one of the reasons people avoid, let's say, confronting is they're afraid. I've had many, many people say, well, I'm afraid that if I face this thing and I tell my partner what I really think, that I'm going to get so angry that I'm going to just get ugly. And I've heard that. But with meditation, it helps you be lovingly assertive, lovingly right. confrontive, uh, lovingly non-avoidant. Right, so. right. Yeah, so it kind of cuts out that whole escalation into a whole yeah. different level. Yeah. So, okay, so to wrap up today's conversation, I would love it, and I know your listeners would love it too, if you could really share a story of a couple who was able to overcome avoidance ha habits and how that transformed their relationship. I mean, it could be you, it could be a no, client. I think you know? I, I, I think of a couple. I told them I'm going to talk about them. Okay, good. <laughs> I did. Um, so, um, so I have a couple where he was avoiding commitment, mm. and he was avoiding sexual initiation for a variety of reasons. And uh, as I got to know him, he was just also a very anxious, highly anxious person. His girlfriend was also avoided. She was one of these people that would just adapt until whenever, just adapt, adapt, adapt. Mm -hmm. And, and even though she would complain to her friends or maybe her therapist, right? Yeah. Uh, but she wouldn't tell her boyfriend, look, I, I, I'm tired of the no sex and I'm tired of, that we're st stuck, we've been together for years now. And, and so I did help them that they came and I worked with his fears. I helped him uh, begin to look at some of these things that he was running away from. But it was when we started doing the meditation ah. where she discovered that, first of all, Meditation helps us get a little distance so that we, she was so aware, she became much more aware of her tendency to make things nice. She was so afraid of upsetting people and she understood where that came from. Her family, there's a whole thing why she didn't want to upset anybody. Her parents were already so stressed out because of her sibling that the last thing she needed to do is make things worse. So she learned how to be the kind, invisible good, no, no making any problems person, right? Mm -hmm. So she was doing the same, even though she was very disappointed and frustrated. So as we taught the, some relaxation exercises for him, but also meditation for both of them, um, he started to take some chances. Oh. They are now engaged. After how many years of being together? You know, I, th I think they've been together three to four years. And then oh, wow. 
they're not really young. I mean, they're not no. old, but they're not like, you know, they're like in the mid thirties or mm -hmm. early thirties, early thirties. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, three years and then, you know, in the process of doing the therapy, they are now engaged. Good. They are, um, help. They're starting to connect physically. I'm not saying they're totally there where they want to be yet, but they are in the process and this meditation has given them a sense of, wow, I am, I am beyond what you think of me. I'm, I, I, can I can afford to take chances in his case. I can afford, also part of his deal was he avoided enjoyment because for him life was so, everything is life and death, you know, from it's gonna be the end of the world with climate change to it's gonna be the end of the world with my job and I can't, you know, and what if I don't have a job and what if, what? so he would what if all the time. So when yeah. you're what ifing all the time, you avoid fun. So helping him, you know, to relax and do that through meditation. But for her, the meditation was more about honoring her needs mm. and wants. For him was to overcome the survival fears. And for her, the meditation helped her really tune into her deepest bodily and spiritual wants and needs that she matters. She's learning she matters. He's learning he's free to enjoy life. And that has been through the meditation. So they're not, they're, basically what they're not avoiding anymore is intimacy. What they're not avoiding anymore is their commitment. And so I'm seeing this blossom pretty quickly, actually. I wow. It's not long. Wow. I, you know, so. Yeah, that's pretty cool, though, because it's like, it's funny. You just don't realize that some of these ex external or these things that cause avoidance right you know yeah. the fact that he didn't want to enjoy life and she wasn't practicing he was afraid yeah he was afraid to enjoy yeah he was right afraid. right but that causes yeah. these overflow yeah. things of avoiding other things yeah. and yeah we get probably so on autopilot throughout our day yes. that we don't even realize that we're doing this i mean isn't that yeah. correct yeah i mean in his case he was constantly bracing for catastrophe who wants to have sex when you're bracing for catastrophe? Nobody, really. I mean, no. when you think life's about to end on some symbolic level. For her, yeah, it was the capacity to to ask for what she wants, to make him uncomfortable at times, to help him, you know, which, which actually helped him go, yeah, I got to look at me and what's going on with me. So her mm -hmm. being nice didn't help. So the meditation was a big part of them learning to not avoid the things that they were avoiding. So they were really dis distant from each other and they are so much closer. And like I said, a pretty short period of time with the meditation. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, is there anything else that you want to share with your listeners today about avoidance habits before we sure. wrap this up? Sure. I mean, I gave you an example. Some of you might totally resonate with it. Some of you may not at all because avoidance, we all do it. We all avoid but we avoid different things at different times. And uh, it is very important to avoid avoidance, <laughs> to get over the avoidance. <laughs> oh, I'm so clever, I could pinch myself. No, I'm just, but no, but that meditation and the, the program, the Meditation for Couples program uh, is so powerful because we do have resources inside of us already there. Sometimes we don't, we're not in touch with them because we're so focused on what we normally pay attention to, our worries, our fears, 
all the negative. But there are these resources, and that's what this program is all about. That's what the meditation I do with my individuals and couples is all about. You know, and it's so nice. It's almost like, wow, I could come home, and the home is right here inside of me. I mean, I can come home. And when you feel secure, you could take more risks when you're secure. You could, and you know, oftentimes these risks are necessary to, for us to be fully alive as an individual and as part of a couple. So uh, the meditation helps us experience our own inner security, which helps us go, get over the avoidance habits. Yeah, quieting all that external noise and really tuning into what the quiet stuff inside. And, and the quiet. And it makes is, your brain feel really. This is just my own take uh -huh. on it. Is when I meditate, my brain slows down. It feels like it's sure. just cleaned out of all of the uh. the external gunk, and and once it relaxes, the rest of me relaxes. It's true. And you, you realize that, wow, that's there. And it's been there mm -hmm. the whole time. I just didn't know to pay attention to it. That's amazing. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty good news. Pretty good news. Yeah. yeah. So let's just wrap this up. I want to just remind everybody, I've got the links down below to the other episodes where we're talking about meditation and the um, monthly meditation program. Plus, we've got a free download, the mind-blowing effects of meditation down there for you as well. So um, take advantage of all these resources we've got for you. And um, next month, I think we're talking about romance and meditation. So looking forward to that and hope you join us again. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. For free resources and materials, head over to toddkrieger.com. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.